When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our Broncos live presented by <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook. Head over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code DNVR. Uh, RK, Hank, Zach here with you. Um, Zach, you're looking big today, bro. Looking big. Damn. Uh, no, Zach is uh, stuck in traffic and will be here uh, very soon. Very soon. I love the delay of game jokes. Those yeah, are pretty, those is, are pretty good. good. Yeah, <laughs> we. Uh, we have to eat that like we, yep. we did we ran the play clock out we did we did zach especially though zach yeah he's getting i mean i don't even know what happens if like the game is starting and the team doesn't come out of the locker room if you get back to back delay games in madden online you get booted you get booted so Damn. he's are we booting him no no i don't even think that's a real football we're, rule we're gonna let him in we're going to let him in. Zach will be here soon. Um, so we'll see him then. But Henry, you and I dove into the tape over the last, mm-hmm. I don't know, 24 hours. Uh, <laughs> Alvin says Zach's just a little numbies <laughs> today. I thought, he, like you said, he's looking kind of big. Can people tell <laughs> on the stream that that's a Peyton Manning, like, are they call that a plush? <laughs> I don't. I think that's called a plush doll. Yeah, I'm never saying the word plush, that's for sure. <laughs> you just did. Oh, um, damn, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, we dove into the tape over the last 24 hours or so. Um, first thing I did this morning is watch the game again. And my overarching question I want to start here with you, Hank, is mm-hmm. after rewatching the game, did you feel better or worse? Especially just in terms of the vibes, you know, they won the game. It shouldn't be that. You shouldn't feel yeah. worse. But how did you feel after watching it? I so the tough part for me was remembering how I felt last night, because last night I mostly just felt confused. I was just like, "What? What is happening here? How are there so many penalties? How, yeah. how are all these?" So it's like, where do you even put confused on scale? But I think, I think I feel worse after going back and rewatching. Um, although again, like I don't feel terrible about it still. Yeah, you know they. Sure, the numbers aren't great, especially like the 16 points. The penalties are ugly, all that sort of stuff. It's just, you just want to see just a little bit more explosion. And things popped more in the Seattle game than they did yesterday, for sure. Yeah, I think you make a really good point there. But I knew that last night. Like, I knew that there was no flow to the offense last night. Mm -hmm. And I talked about it. Sometimes your game plan just doesn't work. 
And that's definitely what happened yesterday is they, mm-hmm. is they, the game plan didn't work. I came away feeling better. Um, and you know, maybe this is a taking a little hit, hit of the copium. Mm. Um, but there was a lot of stuff that was there and close and it just didn't happen for one reason or another. And you know, if this happens next week, then I'm going to turn around and say, you know what? Yep. This team just doesn't make those plays. Um, so I have to stop thinking they're going to. But right now I'm looking back and saying like, okay, so the first drive ends because Alberto drops a pass wide open. No one near him. Mm-hmm. Um, you could make the case that it was a little hot from Russ. Yes. But you have to expect your professional tight end to catch that ball. Um, if he catches the ball... I actually do think he's going to get cut down by Stingley immediately. Yep. Uh, and it's going to be fourth and four from 38. Like the 38. Yep. yep. You're going for that. Or kicking it. Or kicking it. Either way, you're not punting. Yes. The drive is still alive. Yeah, exactly. So that one, points off the board. Second drive, uh, you get the end around to Montreal, Washington. Awesome design. Almost doesn't work. Then it looks genius. <laughs> and you get a super ticky-tack holding on yep. Melvin Gordon. But also a, a just unbelievably unnecessary holding for Melvin Gordon. And what happens is the ball was going to be, I think, a couple yards inside the 20-yard line. Yep. And it comes all the way back out to the 42. Yep. And you get second and one from there. So, again, a lot First of... And one. Huh? First. Oh yeah, first yeah. and one from from the forty one or forty two. So to me, that's another chance. Maybe that doesn't you know um, absolutely mm-hmm. uh, end in a touchdown, but it definitely killed the drive. Third drive is the touchdown to Sutton. That's an inch away from being a touchdown yep. that gets called back. And then the fourth drive is the drop right uh, by Tyree Cleveland. And so it's like. The first four drives of the game, yep. you had just a mental mistake, a physical mistake, a near miss, a penalty, mm-hmm. all of these things that just the first four drives of the game are the game. Like that's what sets the tone for yep. the way the game is going to go. And that's the way the game went. It was mistake after mistake. So I came away from it being like, man, I don't know how or if they can fix this stuff, but if they do, the results are going to change. Totally. Because they're not far off. It does. It just, there's a flaw. Like, they are a flawed team right now, and they need to figure out how to stop getting called for penalties. Nathaniel Hackett needs to speed things up, making decisions, but also make better decisions at the same time. And even with him, you know, there's stuff to like, especially when you go back and watch. There's a, what was it? It's first and 22, second and 22, whatever. Javante has that big run up the middle. The C's just part. And what happens there is there's a fullback just kind of like staggered a little bit to the left. And instead of going and blocking anybody, he just runs a little flat out to the left, brings the linebacker with him. And then there's just nobody in the middle of the field. There's a 17 yard run and they wind up getting points on that drive. So there is stuff like that, even with Hackett, that you go back and look and say, that's a good play. That's a really good play that you drew up there. There's just a couple, obviously, that cross the line. And you, you know what makes me think of? In in college, when I had a professor who was teaching me how to write, one of the things she said was, like, whenever you're done writing, just find the line that you think was the best and cut it out because it's not nearly as good as you think it is. It's just like your heat check, like, 
piece of garbage. Like I think I hate that advice. No, I love it. It's so true. You just throw in some like fake or no, it's like you think it's so deep and smart and stuff. It's just like get that out of there. Get that. Man, when I have like a like a whiskey and I'm writing after midnight, it's like all heat checks. (laughs) But that's the thing is you take the one out and all of a sudden it's just like makes it the, the the tone is no longer like look what i can do it's like this is just just read it just read it and you know with the fullback option like that's the one where you should say hey maybe maybe we're just not maybe i'm not that guy maybe i'm not the guy who drives up fullback options on third and one maybe you are though <laughs> and um they practice that play a bunch throughout the week mm-hmm. and you, you just have to be able to count on your guys to execute. And Nathaniel Hackett said it. He wasn't going to throw anyone under the bus. He's like, uh, we had a mental error on that play. And it definitely came from the right side. And I, I <laughs> yep. don't remember um, because I didn't hear the Nathaniel Hackett quote till after I rewatched the game. Mm-hmm. So I didn't look who it was. But you see mm-hmm. someone gets blown back or either walks, but whatever. They're going backwards. It's two of them. It's In- Glasgow and it's Fleming. Fleming pushed back farther than Glasgow. Both of them. Both of them do a horrible job. Aren't? Wouldn't you expect on that play they're supposed to get out? Um, I mean, yes, but then you need somebody else to get in. Well, and maybe not though, because you do need the one defender you, unaccounted for. So you right. do need the one guy on the edge who nobody's blocking, because that's who you read. I would expect so, on a play like that, you take at least one of those guys out to go lead block, and then you're you're essentially leaving his guy to go get Beck, who pitches it out to Javante, who has all that room. That could work. I think that's what they were designing there, and I was trying... It could be. And it looks like they just didn't, on the right side, run the play. And that's what Hackett said, was, you know, Beck didn't see what he thought he was going to see and did a good... Made a good call to not put the ball in harm's way. Yeah. Just carry that thing and have a negative three-yard run on your resume. (laughs) He definitely wanted to pitch it to Javante and... Javante would have had nowhere to go either. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I like the metaphor that you draw up there, which is that play call that you think is genius, take it out and and then just keep calling plays. Football isn't the most complicated game. It's Sometimes really- there's just things that have worked for the last 20 years that you just go back to. All right, so we have numbies here. We also have a video that we want to play. So why don't we play the video? It's a little snippet preview of RG's vlog, which you can find right here on the YouTube channel. Watch that while we get set up. And look at that. What's up? What's up? He's here. Wow, just like magic. You uh, shrunk. I shrunk. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't shrink. I grew. No, you shrunk. <laughs> Honey, I shrunk the Zach. Um, do you guys understand that reference? Of course I do. I don't know Henry? about Hank, but... Oh, yeah. There was a there was actually a 4D Honey, I Shrunk the Kids experience at Disneyland once. 
Wow. Time of my life. I'll never forget it. I think I did that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 4D basically just means they squirt water exactly. on you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is the fourth dimension. Or they Boom. like move the chair around a little. Like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always some air. Speaking of blowing air, um, we were talking about Nathaniel Hackett's quotes uh, today, just about how you know the option pitch went wrong. Some of the other stuff. Um, but I think the overarching question I wanted to get from Hank, and, and he didn't give a real answer. Um, I said I feel better today after rewatching it. Not by a lot, but the point I was making is a little thing went wrong for you on your first four drives that just mm. sent, you know, that stopped it from for one reason or another. And I said, hey, if this happens again next week, I'm just saying, well, that's just who they are. For now, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, if you can eliminate that one thing that essentially sent a drive off the rails, um, then you can start having more success on offense and, and start flowing a little bit better. But Ryan, that's where I was last week, and and, and that's where I was uh, with week one. Okay, it's week one. You get those preseason jitters out that if you didn't play in the preseason, uh, and let's learn from some of these game management things. Let's learn from some of these red zone issues, and let's fix. Then we just saw it again yesterday uh and different uh, issues though diff that's more of an issue potentially and and not just different issues i mean it's not like game management was great but russ went out and threw four picks no that i think they were the same issues just honestly worse what what uh, what in, issues in this game because the issue on monday night was fumbling the ball on the goal line yep. you, uh, you eliminate that you win easy yep 100 percent. so that they eliminated that issue yep yep they did and then they compounded so many more issues game management penalties uh mm -hmm. and and one of the things that was different from post game last week to post game this week last week nathaniel hackett came out uh in his day after press conference and gave one quote about saying how he should have done things differently the rest of that press conference he defended what he did and essentially mm -hmm. said i didn't do the wrong thing i would i would have done it again essentially but there was one big quote and it kind of got blown out of proportion today it was very different what he said today was he kept falling on the sword left and right, saying uh, how he needs to get better, how he needs to get better, how he needs to do things differently. To me, that was a big positive mm, uh, for, from, from today uh, in hearing Nathaniel Hackett because what did Vic Fangio do? He said, I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to fail my way. And he failed his way. Mm -hmm. And he continued to go down his ways of doing things, and it just never worked. He never changed, so he never worked. Uh, now, today... I got a hope from Nathaniel Hackett that things are going to change. And what it really sounds like, guys, honestly, what's going on with these game management issues, uh, with these delay of games specifically, he's getting too much information in his headset. Mm -hmm. He has too many people helping him in the booth. And so he needs to narrow that process down of probably only one, one person. person talking to him. And we'll see if that changes and it gets a lot better. Maybe it's just going to be uh, you know, a bunch of delayed information getting to Hackett because the five people that were talking to him now, they're talking to one person and then that information is still delayed. But things have to change. Yeah. And when you say game management issues, are you just talking about the delay of games? Um, no. Well, I mean, that's part of it, uh, but also, are you? Why are it's a fifty-nine yard field goal too far in Denver, where a sixty-four yarder isn't in Seattle? Um, red zone getting the right plays in. Nathaniel Hackett, uh, he took a lot of blame for red zone, saying the plays just have to be a, a lot better down there. Um, what's happening um, on on third down where you're not prepared for fourth down? Essentially, that's what he said. Mm -hmm. He said he needs to think further ahead. Yeah, 
Yeah, you you do. You can't assume that you're going to get every third and two that you try or every fourth and or third third and four that you try. Yeah, and I think this is part of the growing pains of a rookie head coach. You know, if you think about it, um, when you are just a play caller, that's all you have to think about is calling the plays. When you are the head coach, you have to think about call in the way that he set it up. You have to think about calling the plays. You have to think about calling the timeouts. You have to think about all that different stuff. You have to think about you know. Um, What's, what are we going to do here if it reaches fourth down? Is this a punt situation? Like, to answer your question, why is 59 out of range in Denver? I don't think it is. It was just we're better off punting it and pinning them deep because our defense has been bowing their backs all day. Well, I disagree there. If you think it's not too far, then you kick the field goal. You, you don't leave three points off. You just said you don't think it's too far. You, if you don't it's think not, it's too it wasn't far, you too far. It's just you have you're not. It's not a guarantee. If it's make. 50 50, and, it's not worth it. Yeah. To give them that. But field then that position. could be too far. It's just the semantics that it's, I disagree 64-yard <laughs> field goal was with the game on the line. Like, mm-hmm. he thought that was essentially, you know, we're going to make this and win, and it's going to be game over. That isn't the case for the 59-yard field. It's just a totally different scenario in the game. So then it's too far. Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. But it's, sure. it's too far for that scenario, for that okay. situation. Okay. Um, he, he obviously thinks Brandon McManus can make that. They just didn't need him to make it right then because they believed in the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as for the play calling in the red zone, I think you can definitely – I would actually nitpick week ones more than I nitpick week twos. Um, the Cortland Sutton play worked. Cortland mm-hmm. didn't get his foot down. Um, the throw just a few plays later that people are having – like are shitting on Russ for online today is hilarious to me. Um, because that play worked and Russ did exactly what he's supposed to do. I think he could have done it a half a second faster and it would have been an easy touchdown, Mm -hmm. but essentially the play is to to clear everyone out of the middle. Javante goes and sits right there. He's wide open. The whole reason the screenshot that's going around is Russ looking to the left with Javante with his hands up in the middle. The reason Russ looked to the left is to clear all that space for Javante. It's wide open. He goes back to it and you know, a guy gets in the way. Um, so, but wait, isn't that on Russ though of not going through his progressions quick enough? Uh, yeah, he could have gone through quicker, but it right. was mostly just a bat. Like, I would say the biggest problem there is Russ being short. Yes, like if, if he had thrown that sooner, I think it would have been just fine. But also, somebody would have hit him right after he caught it. Not not Russ hit the hit Javante hit right Javante. after. He so caught he's it. so you take the extra little pause, look that way, get him to sit back. And he had plenty bang. of time. He he did, except that that. The window in the front of the pocket was just kind of closing with an arm coming in, and yeah, I don't know. I guess that is what it is. It didn't work though, so it looks bad now. Yeah, I'm just confused at how that. Whose fault is that? Uh, no one's. Yep. So the Broncos had a play that that didn't work, and it wasn't anyone's fault. Yeah, I mean, good sometimes play by the defensive the defense just makes a good play. Like maybe the offensive lineman should just punch the defense lineman but in to, the gut. But to be fair to those people, because I know exactly what photo you're talking about, where Javante has his hands in the air, mm-hmm. screaming for the ball, and. Uh, it's there's a wide open lane and literally less than a half a second later the ball is going to Javante but I mean this is a game of like you have two seconds to get the ball out I mean it's not like we're talking about like where you have a minute to throw the ball I think you we're made talking the right about call milliseconds. I'm just saying the 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 design of the like Russ did his job which is to use his eyes to get that player open yeah. mm-hmm. so the screenshot that you're seeing is Russ literally doing exactly what he's supposed to do Maybe you know the the maybe the answer is he throws a no look pass there because if he does that, it's a touchdown. He kind of did. Um, well, then what I, I I'm just trying to understand because so what in I'm my mind to, so much went wrong yesterday. Yes. And, uh, what I'm saying is that 
It the, just doesn't feel like that with talking to you. It, it feels like everything's okay. No, well, I mean, we'll find out. We'll yeah. find out. What I'm saying is I actually liked the play calls in the red zone and in inside the five yesterday better than I did uh, on Monday Night Football. So if last week it was the player's fault, this week I think it's still the player's fault. It's not Nathaniel Hackett's fault. And I still would have run the ball. Like, That's... what, it's five of six plays inside the five or whatever the stat is. They've they've thrown the ball. Like just, just Also, there's feed, one early feed, on feed that Javante. Russ could have just walked in, and he's just standing there. And for whatever reason, this is maybe something that I would be concerned about. Yes. Russ doesn't want to run the ball. That would be my biggest concern from the first two weeks is that this Russell Wilson is just not – he's a pocket passer now. He is a pocket passer. He does not run the football. And it's not like a massive concern. I think he's going to be just fine. But that does change what you expect out of him and this offense. You know, I thought we had a couple years of legs, Russ. And now it's looking like we've got we've got pocket passer Russ. You, so, you, have, you have three – Rushes for Russ for five yards. Mm-hmm. And you, I don't even you, remember him. And just, you haven't yeah. seen him dancing in the backfield like he does. You've seen him a couple of times, yep. but you haven't seen him turn his back to the defense where mm-hmm. really there's only like three guys in the NFL mm-hmm. that you want to do that, and Russ is one of them. You just haven't seen him be Russ. And in training camp, we uh, were a little underwhelmed at days with, with Russ. And what we said was, uh, this isn't his game. He's not He's not used to this. We have to get him into a game to see what he's all about. Now, maybe it's just we know that there's an emphasis from Nathaniel Hackett on getting Russ to be more of a pocket passer. I think that's what we're I getting is like Nathaniel an experiment. Hackett, and I think Nathaniel Hackett needs to take the reins off that yep. a little bit um, because the Russell Wilson we're seeing right now uh, is simply just not good enough. Um, <laughs> it, it's not pushing to be the second-best quarterback uh, in, in this division, which would be incredible if he's if he's the second best quarterback. But first two weeks, we've seen a lot of good, but 14 of 31 against the Texans' well, defense is not good enough. One thing that I think is really important to keep in mind here, though, is that the Broncos are leading the NFL in yards per drive. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, the issues in the red zone are the issues in the red zone, but what they're doing is working in terms of moving the football yep. and they've moved the ball really, really well. And, you know, I feel like people are maybe losing sight of the fact that uh, how many, you know, three and outs there were in the past. Like we're not seeing that touch wood. So you don't, it doesn't start coming up. The Broncos are moving the football. So all these, like I'm seeing, I mean, there's crazy stuff out there, but like people are saying Nathaniel Hackett needs to drop play calling duties already. And like all this stuff, it's like, it's working. Except There's just for, a lot of yeah, a yeah. lot of issues that are are pushing you back and holding you back. Seventh in the NFL in yards per pass attempt. Seventh in the NFL in yards per rush attempt. Solid. Now let me throw. Let me just you, throw. Another. If, I, if you said that for the whole season, I'd say sign me up. Of yep. course, a- absolutely. Now, if you look at yesterday, the Broncos had 340 offensive yards. Is that mm-hmm. right? Do you I know what so. the average yards per game in the NFL is right now? It's 340.6. So yesterday, um, I, 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 I just don't want to get – the Seattle game was great, and, and, and we gave them all the respect that, and, and credit that they deserve for moving the ball, getting to the one-yard yep. line two different times, getting to the three-yard line on a different time. Uh, and the Broncos, it's not like it was terrible yesterday, but it was average. So y- Yesterday was average in terms of moving the ball. Exactly, and I think that's a totally fair assessment. Seattle was good. Yesterday, I would actually say it was bad – um, and they were able to make up for it. Like Russ, you know, kind of covers up for some of your issues, which is what kind of the point I was getting at, which is like, 
we we don't i'm not saying like or i think people are crazy to say russ is washed or anything like this i am worried about the running i want to see russ run and i want to know is this a nathaniel hackett thing or is this a russell wilson thing and maybe it's an early season thing where they're saying hey you don't need to be going out there and taking shots in week two uh you know we don't we don't necessarily need you to be that guy right now. But you, you look at like the Cardinals yesterday and the Cardinals in week one, and they've got Kyler Murray trying to do the same thing. They're like trying to keep him in the pocket. Well, eventually you're down 20 to zero in the game and you just have to take the reins off of Kyler and Kyler goes crazy, leads you all the way back when you just let him go be Kyler. So at some point you're going to have to let Russ go be Russ. And I hope, that Russ wants to still be that guy. But the issue is, and one of the reasons he did not like being in Seattle and wanted to be uh, to, to be with a different coaching team and a different philosophy is because that's what the Seattle Seahawks did throughout his career. They said, in the first and first through third quarter, you're, you're going to be this pocket passer. We're not going to let you do what you mm-hmm. do. Maybe it's to protect you. Maybe it's to protect us. Obviously, they didn't view Russ as the caliber player that I think we do and that Russ does. And then in the fourth quarter, that's when they let him go off and he would do his thing and have great fourth quarter comebacks. The Broncos should not be following that exact same path here. Certainly not. And it shouldn't be the first three quarters of a game and then unleash him in the fourth. And it also shouldn't be the first three quarters of a season and then unleash him in the fourth. Obviously, best case scenario is that Russell Wilson turns into a pocket passer, an an elite pocket passer, as he gets older, as his legs go. But it wasn't going to happen overnight. It was not Mm going to happen in this offseason. So Nathaniel Hackett, I understand what he wants to do, but you can't jeopardize this year. You can't jeopardize the first half of this year. You can't jeopardize however long it's going to take because it may not ever happen. And that's what the Seattle Seahawks bet on, is that it was never going to happen. I do believe that Russell Wilson will be able to transition to that. But I think it's starting a little too harsh in like, let's transition this fully right now. Well, yeah. and I don't think it's a decision though. I think it's a physical problem. I think what we've seen, I mean, the one time last night he tried that like reverse rollout. He didn't get any separation from the defensive lineman, just had to chuck the ball away. Like I just did. I, we have not seen those legs work at all. Even back behind the line of scrimmage. Like that's, that's what's concerning. I don't even think it's a decision. I think it's just, that's kind of and where we're at now. I think that's what we have to find out. We need more time to know. Uh, and if the case is that he's not physically able to do that, that's mm-hmm. a lot more concerning Big than time. they're trying yeah. to, you know, keep him in the pocket. If that's the case, then the Seattle Seahawks were right in their assessment that his not not that he's washed, but what that report two weeks ago said was they thought his mobility was going down and they didn't think he could transition as a player. If his mm-hmm. mobility is definitely down and not coming back yikes yeah mm-hmm. i just think it's really important to remember that on monday night football russell wilson was 70 percent completions at 340 yards i said yeah. if i said no if. i know i'm, I'm not just saying he is well, there. i just look at the comments people are saying like we need to scheme guys open and it's like well in week one they were scheming guys open all <laughs> over the field week two it didn't work so like i feel mm-hmm. like the bad feeling of the loss from week one is spilling over into the bad feelings of the things that went wrong yesterday. And I think it's just two completely different stories uh, for those two games. And I think people are trying to mix it into one. The Nathaniel Hackett time management and that stuff, that is one thing that has been a clear thread through both games. And that is a big concern. And it's the big thing that like has him getting dunked on left and right right now. Um, So that, that one is you have, you have to get right. But the offense, the offense was 
great on Monday Night Football. And they didn't finish drives. And so, you know, a couple individual mistakes cost you what what should have been a coming out party for that offense. You know, 30 plus points and everyone's feeling great. You lost that game. Yesterday, I think you had a bad game plan. You lost the players um, and you didn't adjust well to it. And that's a whole different story. At what point, though, do these little things, and I agree, there's a lot of little things. I mean, Broncos were two yards away in week one to scoring 14 points. They were, you had three more at five yards away from scoring 21 points uh, there. But at what point do you get worried about all these little things adding up? Because in week one, I did overlook them. Now that it's happened, and there's just a lot of these little things that are adding up, I'm concerned. I'm not pressing the panic button. I'm not saying this is all failure and it's not going to work, but I'm to that point and I don't think you're there. And I think that's fine that you're not there, but at what point do you guys get there? I think just about everybody's worried about it. I mean, I that many penalties. Is. And that's okay. I'm not saying you're wrong for that. Worried about it. It's certainly on my mm-hmm. radar. What I'm saying is I'm going to give them the leash. I'm going to say, I'm going to give you the first quarter of the season to eliminate that. Now, if you're one and three through that first quarter, well, you you have a ton of work to do on the back end. And as we know, the schedule is harder on the back end. Doesn't mean it's impossible. But to me, it's still too early to say, like, this team is just a team who commits a ton of penalties and makes a bunch of mental errors. Um, yes. Now, it, if it happens again next week, that is a trend. That is a pattern. That is a – you have a very big problem. Two weeks is, all right, I'm – I'm going to give you a free pass here, especially because you're one and one. If you were 0 and 2, I don't think I'd be doing it. Uh, but I'm going to give you a free pass here to say this was early season weirdness. Okay. And just one, one thing to add, because I think that's totally fair. Just what scares me of when I think of that and try to have that mindset is I'm like, well, shit. The San Francisco 49ers are a much better team than these first two teams. Yep. yep. I'm really excited for that game. I Me have too. Me too. spent my entire adult life winning money on Russell Wilson as an underdog on in primetime. Oh, wow. And it just – it's already there. The Broncos opened as a three-point favorite. They've already moved to underdogs on the line. And, and I can't wait for it because I think this is when you are going to see vintage Russ uh, in that game – I think you're going to see him have to be a little bit more creative because they have such stronger pass rush. I was going to say, that's what scares me, though, is the pass rush is so good. But, but I think that's what makes it such a good matchup for Hackett. With I mean, the mistakes he's making are the kind of what you have to do to, to beat a team like the 49ers. You, know, you need all the little screens to keep them at bay. You need the reverses. You need the misdirection. It's when you play the Texans that you need to just run the ball straight up the middle – 80% of the time and just guarantee yourself a win. So I do think that this scheme sets up really well considering it's the 49ers. You need Jerry Judy. Yeah, you, you do. Need you need him. You yeah. need him. Russell Wilson Sertain, without Clint Jerry Miners. Judy. Um, it was the Cortland Sutton show. And if it didn't work with Cortland, it really wasn't going to work with everyone else. I know mm-hmm. we talked about how Tyree Cleveland had a nice catch. Uh, but just the way Jerry Ju- or the way Russell Wilson operated, it was like, where's Cortland? Oh, he's not free. Let me try this other option. And, it well, and was, that's just a talent issue. He was six mm-hmm. or seven for 20 when throwing to guys not named Cortland Sutton. And that even included the, the couple of passes to Jerry Judy. And he was one even... for two to Judy, I believe. Yeah, you need, you need Jerry Judy. You do. You do. I mean, if you don't have him, then you need KJ Hamler at least. Um, and that's not a, a one for one replacement at all, but it at least gives you some, a, a dynamic player because once you took court, once you took Jerry out of the game, 
there was no dynamic nature of any of those guys out there. It was like if they weren't schemed open, which Tyree Cleveland was twice, um, then they weren't open. Right. And then uh, I'm at the point where, you know, what we talked about all offseason with KJ Hamler. We're not going to count on him. We're not going to uh, factor him in. You're and, not, but uh, you just have to. Now you're really, I'm really there with him. Yeah. And they said it was precautionary, right? Not playing him yesterday. Um, I've never seen that before. One week on, one week <laughs> yeah. off as precautionary, but yeah. that is what they said. And maybe it's an overlooking the Texans scenario, you know, um, which is kind of what I almost felt like with neither Jerry or Pat coming back was like, I think we can get through this one without them, which is a little scary. Um, but it worked. You got away with it. Uh, but what, what I'm saying is if it was precautionary that KJ didn't play last week, and Jerry can't play this week, you don't have the luxury of precaution. No. You have to play him. No, absolutely. I mean, right now, Corton Sutton's their only NFL receiver. Like, they've... Yes. Kendall Hinton was a practice squad guy. Like, he went he, unclaimed. He literally is a practice squad Montrell guy. Washington, we we love the, the return ability and all that, but that's why he made the roster. It wasn't because he can play receiver at an NFL level right now. Tyree Cleveland, he's a special teamer. Like, you have one NFL receiver... And that's just going to be really ugly if you don't get Jerry or KJ. Yep. And KJ's, you know, still to be seen if he can truly be an NFL receiver now. A he mile better best, than... Yes. <laughs> he has the best tape of anyone by a long shot. Um, but he certainly hasn't proven anything at this level. So, hopefully you have both. Um, but at least the uh, reports that came back on, on Jerry and Pat are good. Um, Pat especially because... Uh, I was talking to someone late last night who was a lot more concerned um, than at least the way it came out today. That leads me to believe that he's not going to be out there this Sunday mm. because when when I was talking to this person, it sounded like they were worried about short-term IR as an option. Um, now, it doesn't look like that's the case. Thank goodness. He's, day, he's listed as day-to-day -day right now, um, but that doesn't feel like you go from thinking – it might be three or four weeks to thinking it might be three or four days. It's a bad week for Jimmy Garoppolo to be back. That's for sure. Because he, uh, he was really, really sharp when he got into that game yesterday. There's throws all over the field, like down the sideline, these deep outs. You're just like, Trey Lance doesn't do those sorts of things. And he yeah. really, remember Trey that. actually looked good in the first uh, drive, but we yeah. said it all last week. You know, As long as you get Trey Lance, this should be an easy win. Well, now it's not. Now um, you're playing the NFC, the team that was in the NFC Championship game last year. With Debo and Kittle, yep. Brandon Ayuk has done about, he's done more than Jerry Judy has, got drafted the same time. Like, that's a scary, scary group of receivers that they could be throwing to without Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons. Totally. Who concerns you more this week not having them, Jerry or Pat? Jerry. Me, it's Jerry as well. That defense, yeah. that defense yep. they're, they're not going to look as good going up against uh, an average offense. Uh, like they have the the past two weeks, but the offense I think needs Jerry this week more than the defense needs Pat. Yep. Dang, did that game already start? I forgot to get my yep. bets oh. in. Yeah, it has started. Oh. We're ever due for a double double header tonight. Fixing my stuff. Well, it's already six zero Bills. Um, Let's go. Yeah, I, I think you need to have Jerry just because it's a lot easier to scheme your way out of. Um, not having a guy on defense than it is on offense, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Now, the flip side of this would be everyone wants Broncos to run the ball more. 
Um, if you don't have Jerry, you're definitely going to run the ball more in that game plan. But you're going up against a much scarier front seven. And I think it's easier to absorb losing Sertan the way they've been playing defense. You know, when you're sitting back off the receivers, like you're not you're not using Pat Sertan saying like we need you to go be Pat Sertan, the All Pro, pressing up, playing man every play. There's a lot of just dropping back. Not you, you know, I, I think Damari Mathis can step in and do not everything Pat can, but if they're playing that conservative, a lot of it. Yep. Um. So Henry, I need your final uh, final decision there. Better or worse after watching the the film? I think I feel worse. I okay. think I feel worse. Yeah. Very casually said. Yep. And yep. <laughs> Zach, you? I feel worse as well. Wow, you guys felt pretty bad yesterday. I did. You feel worse today? Yeah. All right, we've already <laughs> talked. <about> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> um, it's, it's just Ryan. Really quick to to just add to that. It's just we now it's a second week in a row, and uh, watching it didn't make me feel better about it. Hmm. All right. All right. Yep. Watching it. Yeah, definitely made me feel better about it. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. You got one of us. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. I want to tell you about our friends over at Game Time. Uh, and this is a perfect time to tell you tomorrow we're using Game Time mm. to go to the Rockies game. Um, it's actually supposed to be one of the last like summer days of the yeah. year tomorrow. So we're taking advantage. We're going to the Rockies game. Uh, and to give you a little like inside just how affordable it is to go uh, to the Rockies game, we're taking like our whole staff and it was $120. That is incredible. <laughs> uh, we use the Game Time app, uh, and you can use the Game Time app by going through our link in the description. Allie's showing you right here how you get to it. Um, but we're going to the Rockies game tomorrow. You can come join us because we got our tickets on the rooftop. We got reserve seats on the rooftop, but we'll be hanging out on the rooftop, having some drinks, having some fun. Um, and you can come join us. Use the Game Time app. Get any ticket, honestly, and then you can just come hang out on the rooftop, which is a cool thing about Coors Field. But look at that. There's great, you can get great seats for cheap. You can get, you know, bad seats for even cheaper. There's not really a bad seat at Coors Field, but a cheaper seat for even cheaper. Um, but that's right around where we'll be right there. So come hang out with us tomorrow and make sure to check out game time for all of your ticketing needs, uh, including if you're going to the Broncos game this Sunday, which I think I am. And I think I'm going to use game time to go to. And really quick on game time at yesterday uh, morning to today, prices for the Broncos Sunday night football game have dropped, I think like 10% on game time Ooh. so maybe they'll continue to go down i don't know but you get a discount if you've waited six days before you can get a ticket there Allie's pulling them up uh looks like we got 200 dollars for section 229 pretty darn good it's cool yeah. what they have going on That's and crazy when you go to the broncos game next week of course you got to come to our tailgate which is in the parking lot of sports fan and all this cool memorabilia that we have so much of it is from sports fan looking at a Broncos rock or Broncos baseball jersey here. We've had some awesome shorts on the set as well. You got to stop in at sports time. But of course, if you're not going to the game, you can find sports time. Sports, uh, sports fan. Sports fan, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> For your sports time across Denver, they've got four different locations one in Park Meadows, two on 16th Street Mall, and the one on 18th and Federal, which is, of course, where the Broncos tailgate is. Pop by, whether you're looking for, for just a, a, a very basic uh, Broncos or Rockies or Nuggets gear, or if you want something really cool, they've got it at Sports Fan. They have everything. Yeah. They have everything. And also, us. Uh, we are here at the DMVR bar. We mentioned the tailgate, um, but the bar is always popping. It's only, what, two weeks away till they're on the road again. This is always the place to be whenever they're on the road. Whole bunch of new specials for members, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so make sure that you swing by when you get a chance. 
Boom. See you at the tailgate this Sunday. It's yeah. going to be crazy. And also, it's yeah. starting at 1 p.m. Um, so oh, you will wow. have a long time to tailgate, which actually is just a normal time for a college football game. Mm, so those 10 a.m. Buffs games, when are you starting? Well, that's different. <laughs> uh, they just don't give you that luxury <laughs> when they make the game that early. Um, but like, if it was a 7 or a 6.20 buffs game oh, come on though when you were in college oh I, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying now what was the earliest you've woken up uh six, six. six. Yeah. Yeah. and then when did the drink start at six first drink six thirty oh, okay yeah. there we go there we go that's what i'm talking about 15 or maybe like woken up with a mimosa yeah there I'm just, go. there's no way I can get coffee down that fast. Like I have, <laughs> I have to drink coffee before See, I drink anything else. Even, even back in your youth. Yep. Uh, I discovered coffee, I believe junior year of college. Actually, to be fair, drank I thought, it every day I thought you were going to say seven years old. So oh, I wish. I'm, imp- I'm impressed. No, I've always said if I discovered coffee earlier, I think I could have gone to Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing holding me back in so, my education so was being tired. At what point do you introduce your kids to coffee? Knowing that information. <sighs> Um, I mean, is this like in the freshman baby, year of high school? Bottle? high school? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's fair. That's I good. would say yeah. high school too, for sure. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. At least you two are on the same page. That's yeah. what really matters here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I don't know why I wasn't like, I saw other people drinking coffee in yeah. high school and I didn't try it. I kind of held that a little bit too. Thought it was a cool thing. I feel like there's like better drinks now than there were when we were younger. Like a caramel macchiato wasn't around like when I was like in high school. Yeah, but like, those are like, you should just be drinking that's a black milkshake. coffee. <laughs> no, a high, little high school kid isn't going to be drinking yeah, black coffee. If you're drinking Burnett's, you know, watermelon, you can drink uh, black coffee. That's fair. That's very oh, fair. I get it. Burnett's. Hey, hey, hey. We that's do like not encourage schnapps. underage drinking here. At that Wait, age. does Hank not know what Burnett's is? What kind of, what were they the drinking up? Like no, he doesn't. Do you not beer. know Burnett's? No. Drink beer. You guys, so wait, at, at In your University year of College. <laughs> oh, that's just like a vodka. Wait, no yeah. your freshman year no of college way. what were you drinking university of montana I mean, what a are they a lot of beer what are they put you, you were no hard beer, alcohol right? there was definitely some hard alcohol i mean i wasn't asking questions was it like it was just like whatever somebody what? had all my friends I assume were, you were drinking like plastic vodka? bottle vodka i was probably just drinking melted down plastic bottles because that's all they had <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> crazy i mean honestly if you leave burnettes in the bottle long enough it melts the bottled yes, out yes, yes. my Believe favorite it, yeah. that flavor was body. strawberry banana because it tasted more like a smoothie mm, i probably miss it <laughs> in a smoothie even it's just so thinking bad. about it sounds chills so down my spine. especially on a monday afternoon we monday have evening. to get henry to try some brunettes that should be yeah, something no, i typically don't no. drink vodka. you made it this far in your we life all share. get a brunette sponsorship <laughs> Ooh. I, I wouldn't even i can't lie to the people and tell them they should drink that like i'll be like it's really cheap i was gonna say good value That's all i can say yeah <laughs> Great uh, anyways okay let's get back to this game um tell me more about what nathaniel hackett had to say today and just kind of um what the reaction was to that i mean he just fell on the sword time yeah. and time again and like i said it was very different from last week where last week the very first thing he said uh was i would do that fourth down differently mm-hmm. i would go for it of course and this is kind of what he said he said of course i would go for it knowing how it went wrong and then the rest of the press conference he defended his reasoning for it and that's fine but he kind of backtracked from it today it was falling on the sword left and right left and right with getting information to russell wilson quicker to letting know russell wilson know exactly what the plan is and one of the interesting things that he kind of threw in was i need to let russ know on a third and whatever third and five This is two down territory. So he doesn't know that uh, because what it seems like now is Russ doesn't know that 
going into the third and five. Yeah, it it is bad, and that is something that he needs to do. Uh, Getting information on whether you're punting or not right away so that you're not getting uh, delay of game calls when you're about to punt or you don't have to burn timeouts. Um, Just on deciding what to do because even on when the defense was out there, on a punt, you had to call timeout because Montreal Washington wasn't on the field. But then the defense was also still on the field during the punt. Yeah, so it wasn't Montreal's fault. Yeah, we didn't find out exactly. It doesn't seem like it. If the defense was out there, it's because they thought it was a defensive play call. Well, it, the way he said it, I can't remember what the phrase was. It was something like, it's the, the defense stay. We had our defense yeah. stay out there. Which means the defense stays, uh, and basically, so it's like you're safe with that, so except you do sub on a returner for somebody. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but because they had just made whatever play to force the fourth down, the defense was too focused on celebrating the fourth down to actually realize they're supposed to stay on the field for the fourth down. And Hackett actually said the celebration part, which is like, man, that's not a good look. I know, but how do you not get excited when you, you oh, look, we got on to fourth down, and then you run off and you're like, oh, wait, a yeah, like, because you have to, you have to be able to. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying get off my lawn, don't celebrate anything, but you have to be able to get information to your team because there are going to be many oh, yeah. points in a game where you hope you're celebrating on offense, defense, special teams. You have to be able to communicate. Yeah, uh, through that's, that. That's where you just have all the coaches up on the right, sidelines. Exactly. Like, that's what I was going to say. You run out there and you say, "Stay, stay, 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 stay." Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, anything else from him? I asked Hackett. Um, if he needed to take things off of his plate, because he said there's just so much going on. And, and so I said, do you need to take things off your plate, like game management, like play calling? Of course, I wasn't criticizing his play calling at all. And he said, no, uh, the, the play calling has been good. We've been moving the ball, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think we all agree with, um, better than anyone in the NFL in, in some stats. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, so that's not going to change, which is good. I just don't go too far down the Vic Fangio hole where you're like, I can do it. I know better than anyone else. I'm just going to do it. Um, he, if he changes his system this mm-hmm. week and it's still just overwhelming, it's okay to have a game management person be on his hip the entire game. I know he has them uh, in this in the booth, but that's not working right now. Just don't be afraid to ask for extra help would be my biggest advice. To yes. I'll, the only place where I don't want him to do that, though, is play calling. Yes, yeah. he yes, is here yes. to call the place. Yeah, and yeah. I, agree. I agree. And you know, also he's here to for the vibes, you know, and that sort of thing. But you brought in an offensive coach; he needs to call the place. Uh, yeah. And so, if need, things need to come off its plate, it is game management, that sort of thing. And honestly, I'm fine with that. Like, no coach. If I asked you who's the best game management, who's the best time management coach in the NFL right now, like, no one would know. You don't like it's make. Like, I bet Belichick. It's just what everybody would say. Yeah, 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 for sure. And he he actually, you know, he knows all the loopholes and all that stuff. So he's very good at that. Cheating. Um, But he, you know, no coach (laughs) makes their name off of being a good time management. So give that to someone else and say, hey, uh, I'm going to let you, you know, tell me what to do here. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the way back, when I was thinking about him saying, like, there's so many voices, everybody's saying this, that, that, you run out of time. I was thinking, like, why are you even listening to anybody else? Like, I think with the the analytics, this was my thought, and I'm not totally sure about it, but it's like, I don't think I need the analytics guy in my ear for those decisions. I think if I... Yes, you do. No, if if you're like fourth and three at the 46, I don't need somebody to say like, oh, you know, there's a 57% chance you win versus a 43. It's like, no. I hope they aren't saying that. I hope they just say, this is a go zone. 
Yes. Yeah, but it, but whatever it is, just like you know, like you go out there, yeah. you can tell. Like no, modern NFL, no, no. you absolutely can. The modern NFL, Hank, is using analytics. It yeah. is having someone in your ear but saying, "Go for it." Now, where, I agree with Hank that you should just know how, like, what the analytics are in most situations. One of the things um, that I don't know if this is something that any NFL head coach gets in their ear, but this is actually probably something that you know going into a game. Uh, Arnie Stapleton brought this up to Nathaniel Hackett last week. The longest field goal ever kicked at Lumen Stadium was 56 yards. That is something that you should have yep. in the Someone back of else. your head. Yes, yes, but and, and there should be information to you. Uh, and again, that's probably not the right time where someone's going to come in here and say, hey, this is six yards longer than the, than the longest field goal ever made at this stadium. But it's it's that information and having that. I just think it needs to be one person that's communicating with Hackett yeah. and Hackett throughout the week and throughout the mm-hmm. week says, this is the information I want. This is the information I want. Don't give me this. And in the fourth quarter, I want this certain information that and, and Nathaniel Hackett talked about the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, the process is off. And to me, yeah. that's kind of what it is, is he's still trying to work out all the kinks of, of the information he needs, but I completely disagree, Hank. I think he does need that person. However, well, I will agree with you. Nathaniel got here for a reason. He needs to, at the end of the day, be trusting himself with the final call, mm-hmm. but still collecting information. But he got here. He's the one making the call. He's the one that has to stand up on a podium for 10 minutes the day after a game and absolutely just be destroyed by questions about how things went wrong. So he it needs to be the one making the final call, not just hearing it from five different people and being confused. I hope he took Russell Wilson's advice last night, um, which was... You just won your first ever game as an NFL head coach. Don't let anyone steal your joy. Um, because. I think he did. You think he took his advice? Uh, yes. Good. Last night, I do think he did. Uh, his vibe at the podium was uh, very different than Broncos country. He felt it, it seemed like he felt like he was talking about a win after a game, which it was. He yeah. was enjoying it. Today, though, the vibe was I don't want to say as down as it's ever been because it's not like he was down on himself, but it was very, I think, um, uh, what what is it? He uh, understood the situation. That tells me he's too online. Maybe. Or could it be... Or he realizes. Or could it be Mr. Patrick Smythe getting in his ear after last week where after that press conference, the day after the game, people are like, dude, this guy said one, one quote and then just defended all of his actions. I think this might have been like, a, hey, the best thing to do here, just take the sword, fall on it, and hope it gets better. Maybe. I, I got the feeling, because I watched it too, I got the feeling that he felt the the Pressure. vibes from outside. Yeah. He okay. could feel yeah. that you know everyone was essentially acting like it was a loss. Yeah. Um, and I don't even really want him to know that. Mm, no, no definitely like, not just go win take care of, like the i said this on the watch along i said it before like and i said it all last week russell wilson's and you don't want it to always go this way but russell wilson's never been like a win 40 to 10 blow you out type of guy like when it's a close game he's the guy who pulls a rabbit out of his hat at the end and makes a huge play for you and you win um a lot of the time and when you're playing a bad team a lot of time he just does enough and it's going to be really frustrating but for me it's like nathaniel hackett there is a lot to work on but you should just say like we've got a lot to work on we learned a lot i'm glad we won 
and this mm -hmm. is the f has to be like a horribly overwhelming time for him because it's the first time that there's actual feedback on what he's done. Mm -hmm. You know, all the way through, like you're now playing games and saying, oh, we have penalty problems. Oh, I made these mistakes. Oh, there's this. Like for the first six months or whatever, it's like, yeah, you're installing an offense. There is that you're going through, but that's all structured. You have your whole like course lined out. Basically, you're going through all these things. Everything's just planned and planned and planned. Now everything finally gets put to the test. You see what works. You see what doesn't work. And the things that don't work, you have to spend all of your time trying to fix. And so with all of that going on in the background, knowing that there's like this and this and this, like I'm not surprised he wasn't running around all chipper on a day like today because that had to have been a pretty late night for him and there's going to be a bunch of them. Well, yeah. and also, I mean... And they had a short week last week. True. The vibes flipped in an instant. Nathaniel Hackett had... Uh, maybe one of the best off seasons that a head coach can have leading up to their first season because he's so positive. He's the opposite of Vic Fangio. He's bringing the vibes. The Broncos get Russell Wilson. He's this great personality that everybody loves. And then week one and a fourth quarter decision at the end of the game, it all flipped. Mm -hmm. And then it got bare. And then it got just more dumped on top of him this yeah. week. He went from the most loved coach that a team could have to now he is not just getting killed by, local media but national media uh adam schefter was talking about the broncos today adam schefter is very uh connected with the broncos so typically 99 percent of the things that he says are positive because he wants to keep that good relationship it was as negative as i've ever heard adam talk about anything when he was talking about the thing what did he say um he just he went through all the bad things when asked about um you know where do things stand with nathaniel hackett all he said was the bad things um and said this is the the play clock thing something he's never seen mm -hmm. uh in the history of nfl how embarrassing it was um and just how uh just two games in kind of what i'm saying now just how all of that goodwill is gone and i mean that's not going to change i guess we talked about this a little bit last night after the game but like that is who he is now every national reporter made some sort of joke about him during that game yesterday like i i just about all of them i mean you had you had the a betting account of whatever betting website that was come so out weird. and say russ is cooked like which is like and then say like we're, we're where was a... that for aaron Rodgers after he sucked in week one because again revisionist history russell wilson was awesome in week one yeah but then they go out and say like we're giving a free bet to everybody who had an mvp russ ticket and it's like that's the type of joke that the broncos they have also been. that same account used like a donald trump meme to say like nathaniel hackett it, it was like trump saying like there is no strategy we have no strategy there's and it's there's so other weird. national accounts making memes of nathaniel hackett um and 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 to to to, oh, yeah. to hank's point what aaron Rodgers and matt lafleur and green bay have for them is they have a winning history for three years with with, mm -hmm. with matt well, russ is the winningest quarterback in the first 10 years in nfl history i'm not but but this is a new team i'm not yeah. saying these people are right by by any no. means i'm just saying that this is a whole new scheme or, or whole new uh, um a whole new team and identity and in the first two games this is the identity that they've painted themselves yeah the one the one about that how russ has been terrible for the first two weeks is like what you did you watch the games yeah. um the other thing here is you're on national tv this week congratulations yeah. um and i say congratulations in earnest because congratulations you have a chance to flip the narrative um uh, and if i were nathaniel hackett this is exactly what i would want full national spotlight i want to show everyone that they're wrong about me um you get that opportunity but the the other side is very real too 
Um, and I tweeted it out today. I said the whole NFL world is going to be watching, salivating, waiting to pounce on the carcass of the Denver Broncos. And you can either shut them up or you can pour gasoline on that fire that's burning right now. And it, it makes for a really, really compelling storyline of what's going to happen. Like, is the, uh, this is an actual question. Will the Broncos get a delay of game next week? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would. Do, the, you got bet yes. The Broncos had uh, two delay of games last year. Two. They have five or six they in the first. Four, I believe, right now. I think it's five. Okay, well, four. Either way, they've doubled their delay of games in two games mm-hmm. from what they had last year with not a good coaching staff, mm-hmm. what they had last year. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to say they do. And it's not even just this week, though. I mean, this is going to be like a whole national storyline that plays out for at least a month and a half. Because, I mean, they've got the Raiders after that. Sure, that's like a normal 225 game, whatever. Still fewer games on, more people watching. After that, you got Thursday night with the Colts. After that, you got the Monday night? Sunday yep. night. No, Monday. Monday. It is Monday. Monday with the Chargers. Game against the Jets, nobody will watch. And then you're the only game on in, in, in London that morning. And, Henry, to play off of that, if I would have told you there's one game where you can bury something bad, you can bury a game, mm-hmm. you'd probably say it was yesterday, yep. a 2 o'clock game against the Texans. Yep. Or the Jets game at, at, at home, a mid, midday game. And even with that opportunity for this thing to go under the radar, all these national people picked up on it. So, Ryan, I think that is even – can you add more than gasoline on a fire? Because I think it's going to be, like, that much more intense. I There's got to you're be a like more flammable thing. That or something. <laughs> uh, you're, you're throwing in power field at mile-high seats in there we know how flammable those Very things flammable. are uh and so i mean it's it's a it's a great point it's yeah, a huge it, stage it makes for a huge storyline and and you know all i can do is just like cross my fingers and pray that they don't screw it up again because everyone will be just waiting to pounce the whole country and mm-hmm. we've been waiting for a good broncos team for positives ryan and, yep. and maybe this is why i'm i know a lot of people have been getting on me for being so intense intensely negative and, and harsh on this team it's because maybe this is our fault um the expectations for the first time in like six or seven years were like legitimate playoff expectations mm-hmm. and i just feel like the teams let me down so much in these first two games now they're one and one again the season's not over by any means getting the w mm-hmm. yesterday was huge but it just feels like man these teams in the past we didn't really think that they were going to be good so then they're struggling mid-season it's like okay let's just be positive about them. this team they, ha- they have a chance to be good and yeah. it's just disappointing to see it not live up to it. So I'm not trying to be – I don't want to be negative on this team. That's yeah. the thing right now, though, is we just don't know if they're good or not, and that's why it's so stressful because they're so – like, you know, it's simple as to put things in Madden terms. Is this a 70 overall team? Is this a 90 overall team? We have no idea, but we're just figuring it out week by week. You know, when Peyton Manning was here, it's like, oh, it's an ugly win. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it's about winning games. They're either going to win 10 or they're going to win 13 or whatever. And sure, you can pick things apart a little bit, but you do know that it, that's what it's about. And that's why, like, right now, the wins don't even feel like it's what it's about. It's about, like, oh, are you good or are you not good? We don't know, but the signs aren't great. Yeah. What's crazy is there's so much going on right now and so many things to think about and, you know, so many things to criticize <clears throat> that I think things – that would normally earn coaches grace are not uh, happening or just teams. Like the fact that Justin Simmons, Jerry, Judy, 
Pat Sertan for the, the second half. Like Quinn all Miners. Quinn Miners. All those people were out for that game, you know, not to mention Billy Turner, KJ Hamler. In a normal setting, you'd be able to look at that and say that's an, one of the explanations for why they didn't play at their best. But because of the way things went wrong at the end of Monday Night Football and because it's a brand new thing and because a narrative has already been planted, people aren't thinking about that. And I get it, um, but you know, to, to what Henry was just saying, are they good or are they bad? Well, they're definitely not good without several of their best players. And most teams wouldn't be. Now, some teams can withstand that. Um, but I think the, the, the truth is they are, they are good. They're not quite great. They are good. But without their best players, they aren't. They're, they're average. And I'm excited to see against uh, a good team in the San Francisco 49ers, uh, just how good they stack up because these first two teams are supposed to be gimme games and they've been nothing but gimme. Yep. Um, what is a gimme is that Mile High City sliders are incredible. Mm. They were actually, they tasted the best yesterday that they've tasted so far. Maybe it was just because oh, regular season was in the air. <clears throat> the preseason was gone. Um, and those things were so good. I had three. Um, two jalapeno poppers, one Cajun barbecue, and man, I probably could have had, uh, I could have done it the other way around and been just as happy. Um, they were so, so good. Uh, so you got to come by the tailgate and have those, uh, because they're delicious. And if you want them for your event, you can call our friend Dominic at 720-375-3464 to set them up. Uh, to come to, you know, whatever event you have going on. Mm, man, next week, those things are going to be tasting even better. So you're telling me as the season goes on, things can get better? They can. Ah, oh, wow. <laughs> and I believe that that could happen as well. Uh, and one of the things that you're going to want to do for this week, and maybe you're on it now, is over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can get in on all the action. A doubleheader Monday night. What a perfect time Great. to put together yeah. uh, a parlay. If you've already missed the first game, get in on, on a same-game parlay for this next game. Yeah, yeah I just put can, my bets in. There you can go. actually do what they're calling an SGPX. Mm. Now, I calling, I'm calling an SGPP. Uh, same game parlay parlay, oh. um, but you can combine your same game parlays from multiple games to create a super same game parlay. Ooh! Wow. So you I had one. one I had one cooked up, and then I got distracted. I was working on the TVs downstairs. Um, they're calling me ITRK down there. No, they're um, not. I, like, several no, they're people not. are calling me that. Um, hey, keep them in line. No, they're not. It, you know, I was running around, and then I didn't even realize the game started, so I didn't put in my SGPP. <laughs> well, you can do that this week. Uh, you can do it on Friday, I'm sure, with college football. Saturday, college football. Sunday, NFL. Man, you could have one. You can combine one on like the 11 a.m. game, 2 p.m. game, and then cap it off with the Broncos game as well. So make sure to head to the App Store now because when you use the new co the promo code DNVR for new customers, you get $200 in free bets by placing a money line bet on any NFL team to win a game. And then, boom, you get $200 in your account in free bets right away. That's all you have to do. Use that promo code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And make sure to see the show notes for all of the details. And speaking of DraftKings, let's hand out our DraftKings pick of the week. We've talked about San Francisco a tiny bit. Looking ahead, there's one number in this game for the Broncos that I like early on, and that's the under. 
to this game. We mm. talk about, okay, the Broncos offense going to have a tough time going up against this 49ers defense. We'll flip that around. 49ers defense going to have a, or 49ers offense going to have a tough time going up against this Broncos defense. The over-under right now is at 46 points. Neither the Broncos nor San Francisco hit that last week. Neither team hit that the week before. No team Mm -hmm. in the four games that's been played has hit 46 points. I think it is going to be the under with 46. Who knows if they win or lose? We'll get to that later in the week, but I like the under. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go something that you can bet on right now for the game that's just about to happen in 20 minutes, uh, and that is Vikings at Eagles. Uh, I'm going over 25 and a half yards for AJ Brown's longest catch in this game. Um, he was cooking last week and just open all over the place. Uh, and I think they're going to keep going to him. Uh, I also think he's probably going to get a little more attention from the Vikings defense, which is why I'm also taking Devonte Smith over three and a half receptions in this game. Cause Ooh. I think he's going to be open a little like bit more. Um, so either one of those, but uh, officially AJ Brown over 25 and a half yards as his longest catch. I'll go to uh, Thursday night. Steelers plus five against the Browns. I uh, the Might Steelers as well take that money line because you have the early win token. Oh, Seven that's points. Uh, five points is so <laughs> many though. Five points is so many points. All you need is a touchdown, Hank. Maybe you split the bet. Maybe you split the bet. Yeah, okay. there you go. Okay, Sprinky on on one side. Mm. Yep. But what I mean, what get are we talking for money line? Um, plus one seventy. Okay. Okay. All you it's have not to do bad. is score the first touchdown and you yeah. win. Yeah, yeah, but what if yeah. they don't? Then you're in trouble. And then they Worked lose by three. And then they lose <laughs> by three. <laughs> Did. I don't know. I mean, what? They lost 17-14 or 20-17. It was three points to the Patriots this week. The Browns are bad. Um, and what? They just lost to the Jets this week? Yep. Gave so, a massive, massive lead. Yep. Uh, Steelers plus five. I love it. Okay. There we go. I like it as well. I also like talking to the people. Should we hop into the comment section? Let's absolutely do so. I'm I'm currently so I have a fifty dollar free bet, mm-hmm. uh, and when I get a free bet, I like to get a little crazy with it. Oh, um, and some people would say, "Wow, fifty dollar free bet! You know, that's a good chance to just make fifty bucks. Like, make a smart bet, win it." No, not me. Yeah. I want to win more money than I would ever normally win because I would never put fifty bucks on something kind of crazy. Feel the exact same way. So, <laughs> just help me real quick. Who's going to score touchdowns in this Eagles and Vikings game? I just and, put Jalen Hurts. And I think it's going to be a shootout. Justin Jefferson, So I have sure. Justin Jefferson, it's and I have be. Jalen Hurts already punched in. Yep. Throw Dalvin Cook in there. Ooh. Okay, one rushing. I like that. Um, I need another. So I have two touchdowns. I need another touchdown for the Eagles. AJ Brown? Sure. Why not Devontae? I mean, we could get Devontae in there, too. You saw Boston. Do you think there's going to be a lot of touchdowns? <coughs> I'm already at plus 1,300 with oh, Dalvin, baby. Jefferson, Hurts, and AJ scoring. 650 scored. payout coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we saw Boston uh, last week from the Eagles. Dallas Goddard would be a good play. Oh, oh Dallas is a good one. What if you just go with a super long shot Steve to bump this thing Miles up Sanders. to... Plus 10,000. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> thought you were looking for a big payday. I mean, even if I just threw on Devontae Smith, all of a sudden we're at plus 6,000. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is wild. Now it does feel like you're just burning money. 60 Burning free bet. It's not that money. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's very monopoly true. money. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Six, uh, if Justin Jefferson, Jalen Hurts, Dalvin Cook, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith all scored touchdowns in that game, Three thousand bucks. Oh my goodness! Wow. Did you place it? <laughs> have it yet? <laughs> I really, you really think it's going to be a shootout? I really don't think so. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I really do. You're going to need a shootout for that. The worry, my worry is like I think there's going to be plenty touchdowns scored. I just 
I feel like some people are going to score multiple. Jay oh, says Devontae Smith due for a big game. Well, then do sure. the uh, two touchdowns for Justin Jefferson. Didn't he get that last week in the first half? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's sick. He's so good. He is very good. George Payton draft pick. No, that's, that's right. That's true. That is, oh, I'd love to ask him. I mean, I think I know the answer, but what? if you were on the board at 15, mm. would you have taken Jefferson <laughs> over Judy? Now, it would be really easy for him to just revision his history that and say, yeah, of course I would have taken Jefferson. And I'd have to believe him, right. but I want to know the truth on that. We know he wouldn't have taken Jalen Rager, though, no. with the way that team celebrated. <laughs> Jalen Rager will also be playing against the Eagles tonight. He certainly will be. Man, that Revenge would be a game? long shot one to throw in <laughs> yes, there. Wow. It would Revenge be. game? But that would, that would be one that maybe uh, the Vikings want to do. Yep. Yep. Antonio says, tell RK to stop being chicken and place the bet. There well, we go. I'm going. I'm, stop being chicken. Place I want to put Justin Jefferson two touchdowns in there. Take Dude. Dalvin Cook Ooh. off. I like yeah. it. Uh, you got to think Dalvin's going to get one, though. If it's a shootout, the running back get at least one. He is probably like plus 9,000 if I take Dalvin off. <laughs> Everyone's going to be coming up to you uh, this week at the bar wanting a drink if uh, you hit this one. <laughs> Jalen Hurts touchdown, A.J. Brown touchdown, Devontae Smith touchdown, Justin Jefferson two or more. Oh, man. Why not just throw Kirk Cousins rushing touchdown no. in there? Come on. <laughs> just got to trust it. Do it. Yep. Just got to trust we it. We built it here. You guys heard it first on the pod. Boom. Place. Oh, place. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love talking to people. Hop into the comment section. Mm-hmm. Let's go. All right. Do we have any super chats? No oh. super chats. All right. Well, we got plenty of people in our chats over at thednvr.com. First one. Coming in from our friend. Oh my God, there's so many. Chico Bean says, holy <laughs> shoot, what the heck was that? All in caps, multiple cuss words. Coach Hackett shit, yeah. is worse than Fangio with the clock. Russ and Hackett need to work on communicating and getting on the same page on third and fourth down. From the first half, I couldn't tell if I was if it was Russ or Drew. Offense sucked. I assume there's gonna be a lot of comments like this. There's gonna be a lot, and I think we just—I think it's okay to just yep. let the people vent. Let, yep. let, let let them let their voices do the talking. Kirk Smith, forty-four, says, "I wonder if not taking every third day off in training camp would have helped with clock management, uh, penalties, general game awareness, decision making in the red zone, communication, and/or time uh, timeout usage." Well, they weren't taking the days off; they were just going through walkthroughs, which would actually help with this sort of st- yeah, should help with this sort of stuff. They said that they got like double the amount of reps in on those days than a normal day, which, like you said, Ryan, should help with these issues. Yes, mm-hmm. as Hackett said, good things coming three, so I cannot wait to see what this moron has ready for his third game as coach, especially in primetime on SNF. I'm guessing something like a fake punt pass from our own twenty that fails miserably, and then the replay will show that we only had nine players on the field. Meanwhile, the Wonder Boy who got away is laughing from the other sideline, and his team starting a backup quarterback, running back, and tight end is doing laps around us. Man, I can't believe people are talking about Nathaniel Hackett like this. It's crazy to me. And that's, I mean, that that's kind of the vibe out there. There's some people that are saying way too early, kind of like you, Ryan. Two weeks, little concerned, but let's just let it play out. And there's other people that are literally calling for him uh, to get fired already. And Which that's another... Insanity. It, it is. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things uh, that Kirk Smith 44 pointed out is another wrinkle in all of this. And we've talked about it plenty, but Kyle Shanahan's going to be on the other sideline. The guy that you had in here to interview. Now, John Elway's <laughs> yeah. not in the building yeah, exactly. anymore. But, but to the to the national storyline, that's going to be part God, of it. God, I hate national storylines. I wore the shirt for a reason today. <laughs> I wow. love it. H-Town Broncos says, thank God we were only playing the Texans. I think Hackett is in over his head. 
He came off of Rogers' success, and I'm starting to think he can't handle all the responsibilities on top of play calling. Worse clock management than Fangio and an absurdly laughable amount of penalties. When the fans are counting down the clock for you, you need to take a look in the mirror. On top of that, the Broncos have no dogs, and it seems kind of soft. Sutton and Kareem is it. No grit. Can't recover a fumble either. The football awareness is just not there. I really hope they can start. They, they can figure it out soon. Starting to get really worried about this season because no way we survived the division playing like this. Randy Gregory, a dog. Absolute dog. <laughs> Absolute dog. And also, the fumble luck is going to turn. Melvin, just, a dog. But yeah, go ahead. Eh. Uh, the fumble luck is going to turn. It's just one of seven is not, it's just, it's just not, that's not the way it happens. Like, and go watch those. I mean, you have one where um, Bradley Chubb strips the ball, it flies up in the air and lands directly in an offensive lineman hand, lineman's hands. Like, that's not a skill thing. It's just a luck thing. Um, there's, a, there's like a couple where you could say, yeah, you, you could have got on that one and you didn't. Um, but most of it is just the ball bounces in weird ways and it just happens to be bouncing to the other team right now. Next one from RK's burner account, which may be RK himself if it's so obvious. Says, Ooh. fellas, I heard of a great sale. 50% off lamps at this place on Colfax. Remind me of Zach because maybe a lamp could help him brighten the mood. My- <laughs> That's not what he said. I love how he said <laughs> To brighten him up. My boy is being aggressively uh. negative. To switch conversation, what grades would you give the new starters for the season? Obviously not including Russ. Well, RK's burner account, I mean, I was clearly with these first couple comments speaking for a portion of, yeah. of Broncos country. Yeah. Uh, at least a, at the very least a vocal minority game grades will be up Potentially soon. Potentially a majority. And there we go. Game grades will be up soon. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, yeah. There's a lot, a lot to unpack there in terms of new starters grades. Uh, just off the top of my head, Randy Gregory, B very plus? good. Very good. A minus. I would say a minus. Okay. At least. Yeah. Uh, B plus. I'll go B plus. Okay. Just a little more consistency. One yep. random thing that I just thought about from the rewatch today. They don't trust Jonas Griffith at all. Nope. They're getting him off the field as often as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And now it's not a surprise why they brought in Joe Schobert, why they tried to get, mm-hmm. who was the guy that went to uh, the Texas or the, the Anthony um, Barr. Yeah. Anthony Barr. Uh, and that this is why. And, and thank re- God for Alex Singleton because exactly. he's making plays. Remember yeah. that play where Singleton was in coverage on Cooks across the field we talked about yesterday? Yeah. That was just big zone coverage. He was, I think, supposed to pass him off to Jonas Griffith, who just stood there and then was like, oh, wait, who's that running by? And then ran behind him. Yikes. Yeah. But, I mean, a couple loud tackles, stuff also, to work off of. Also, again, that's just a t- like they just schemed him open on that play. It was just a, a good play. Next one from Melbourne Broncos says, my boys, especially after, or er, exceptional after game show as usual. So our defense is flying even without some key players. The offense, however, is a penalty ridden mess. It's as if the NFL needs to have some sort of preseason game <laughs> so starters can get used to a new system and a new quarterback. Oh, wait, they do. Luckily, we rested our stars like Judy Simmons, Jewel, and Sertan in the preseason so they didn't get injured. Sorry, guys. Sarcasm comes out so easy. I think our coaching what? errors will vanish soon, but it will be better quick before the playoffs get out of reach. Cheers. So my question here is, would we just rather them get injured in the preseason? They'd be um, back now. I, I do think that <laughs> this is now adding, um, and, and I don't want to be revisionist history, but mm-hmm. it could play into Nathaniel Sackett's decision to play starters in the preseason next year of saying, well, shit. I mean, guys are going to get, get hurt anyway. Week one, anyways, yep. might as well. Now, I'm not saying that's right. Oh, but. I hate that. I but. just took a quick trip through like all the inactives from this week across the NFL. 
Broncos easily top five most injured team in the league. Not that that's probably a surprise. It's kind of crazy. Like, it does – what are we doing in the preseason if we're not going to be healthy anyway? Right? Yeah, a lot of people calling for the strength and conditioning staff. I mean, I – That's – they've I've, been calling for them for a long time. I was going to say, that's I've always it. defended them. Yeah. It is kind of surprising, though, that they, you know, turned over a new staff and, and did not – have any turnover at that position at the yeah. same time though it's like what do you want on jerry judy's like he landed i know like that. exactly like, that's what i've always said is like you can't save players from all their injuries like if you start seeing several hamstrings pop up okay well maybe there's something there mm-hmm. they're lifting too heavy or whatever like but most injuries are just because football is an absolutely brutal sport nash bronco says it's week two we won i love the analysis you guys have been bringing honest criticism is always a good thing but holy bleep the issues <laughs> we're seeing with this team are 100 correctable and i expect they will be we gotta win and it's too early to be calling for anything other than improvement from coaches and players alike i don't give a bleep about style points but i do give a bleep about bleeping stupid penalties everyone needs to tighten it up and come out clean against the 49ers or we're gonna hear a lot more aggressively negative numbies um <laughs> You know, if things go wrong at any point in this game against 49ers, I think it's really bad that this is a home game because it's going to be a national embarrassment being on Sunday night football. You thought the crowd was bad yesterday. The crowd's just ready for what they're going to do this week. I hope that, they drop 40, though. I well, hope it'll be fun if they drop 40. It, it, it'll be great. <laughs> I hope that Broncos fans do the countdown to the clock for the rest of time. I love it. There's so many late snaps. Like, like if, if you weren't snapping the ball with, like, one second left so many times, I'd be down for it. It's just you just don't want to give the defensive lineman a chance to get that jump. That's a decent take. Ryan, how is it? It's such an embarrassment. No, it's not. It's yes, incredible. It, no. It's, it's showing fan IQ. No. It's <laughs> they were such, mocking him. Yes, I know. It's but a you have to be smart enough to know that. Yeah, it, it does show fan IQ. And, yeah. and to, to an extent, maybe it did help him. But that's embarrassing. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I saw Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football, loved it. Okay, I think you two are maybe the only people, um, (laughs) or we have our pod poll. We we should. We should throw it to the pod poll. I I thought it was fantastic. Before we toss it out to the pod poll, how are we going to word it so that I want to hear from the people live right now? Um, Should Broncos fans fans always count down the play No, no, no. It's it's more so how you felt about yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Did you... How, just how did you feel about uh, Broncos fans counting down the play clock? Well, uh, uh, like, it was funny. It was embarrassing. It helped the team. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, maybe we can just stop it. I think it's going to be overwhelmingly embarrassing. Let us know in the comments if you had a yes, different. please, please. Uh, Junior Pancake says, my boys, look, I get the frustration with what's going on with the penalties and odd play calls, but man, the negativity is on another level, mm-hmm. not just on the pod, but around Broncos country in general. General, look, I'm not mad, just disappointed, fellas. Just because the Buffs and Rams are, let's just say, less than impressive, let's not take it out <laughs> on the Broncos coaching staff just yet. Things could be worse. We could be the Carolina Panthers fans right now, LOL. Go get something from Light Shade and chill out, folks. Brighter days to come. I did not watch a snap of CU or CSU football, so that is not that did not impact my mood yesterday. What impacted my mood was 25 penalties, the most in the NFL, uh, play clock, game management issues time and time again, uh, and me barely beating, a, barely beating one of two bad teams. I watched, I would say, oh, I know I watched 100% of the Buffs game. I watched about 60% of the CSU game. Um, both more enjoyable. 
less stressful than the Broncos game. <laughs> <laughs> the Buffs were dead after one play. I didn't have to think about <laughs> no, it again. You thought they were alive on that play? Oh, yes. Yes, wow. I did. They did until they fumbled the ball in the first play for the second game in a row. <laughs> I didn't want to do it on this pod last week, but I really wish I just would have done, I don't even know what you call it, a, a fade Colorado. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Parlay. Yeah, fake Colorado football. Uh, but I wouldn't have even included the Broncos in there. But I guess I could have. You, you could have, at least with yeah, the spread. With the spread. Yep. 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 Whiskey Cat says, Sup, fam. Just wanted to add my two cents regarding the booing and counting down the play clock from the crowd. Zach said it's the loudest booing since our misery began in 2017. A lot of people push back on that. Um, it's, it's the most booing I've ever heard. There's no question about it. Yeah. I mean, it was eight times, at least. They, okay. I've personally, I've not heard that as much, uh, but you know what? That means fans care. Uh, we've been in a world to suck for so long. We've forgotten what it's like to be invested. I've always been a proponent of Broncos fans, corrective booing, except for Manning versus Jags. See, this was the, the exact same thing to me. Um, let's just be excited. The fans care because apathy is the fastest path to irrelevance. Cheers. I agree. And the, the fans do care. A little surprise. 3000 no shows for the first game of Russ's tenure. That did surprise me. Um, curious to see what it is on Sunday night football. I expect it's going to be, um, fewer no shows. Just hopefully it's not a bunch of 49ers fans. Weather was perfect. Yeah. I, I mean, could have been cause it's the Texans. Yeah. I so think... it's first game of Russell Wilson era. It surprised me. Yeah, it is surprising. I don't, and I don't have a, a way to explain it. Broncoholic says, Hey guys, been a while since commenting for me and my apologies in advance for venting my frustration. I'm extremely disappointed with Hackett and his constant idiotic mistakes this season. Hackett looks like he needs to buy and read a HCing for dummies book. Uh, zero whatever from the red zone this season. Uh, Hackett is treating that like a traffic light where he stops uh, doing anything the team was doing successfully to get there. Zach, you were right on it to post in comments. And if anything, you were not harsh enough. <laughs> Little fun fact for you, RK. You mentioned the cards game where they got a delay game before the successful two point conversion. The headsets and the helmet shut off when the play clock get to 15 and Cliff was still trying to communicate the call with eight seconds left in the play clock. So I think they took the penalty on purpose to ensure they were all on the same page for the, uh, GAP, as Russ would say, game altering um, play. That does not that <laughs> make it any better for them. Uh, probably makes it worse. Yeah. Um, Talk about your process being. Off. Yeah, but this gets me wondering. Uh, the Bronc did the Broncos rush to hire the worst of the young head coach candidates again, similar to hiring hiring VJ while letting Kyle walk. KOC is making Kirk look like an MVP candidate. Remember, in they've played one game. Uh, and Mike McDaniel's <laughs> just coached to a. Uh, to come back from a 21-point deficit in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, Hackett can't keep from taking a delay a game that cost him a field goal. Reminds me too much of VJ. I'll just say this. If the Broncos were in the same situation and they came back from a 20-point, 21-point deficit against the Ravens yesterday after the, what happened in the Seahawks game, no one would be saying that um, Nathaniel Hackett coached them to that. They would just be saying, like, he got them in the hole and Russ got them out. Well, but Mike McDaniels is now 2-0, and though. Yep. They, they also beat the New England Patriots. So I think if it depends on what situation you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it just reminds me of, like, the should have drafted Josh Allen thing. And it's like, well, he might have gotten run out of town here before he had a chance to develop. <laughs> Ryan, just enjoy your yeah. little victory lap. You had Mike McDaniels. I had KOC. I know. We're looking we did. Good right we did. Now. I know. <laughs> Mike McDaniels was my fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. And KOC was mine. <laughs> I also... Nathaniel Hackett's my guy too, uh, I'll, yes, and I'll yes, keep yes. my wagon hitched to him. Um, Nash yep. Bronco says, "Doubt this one will get red for time reasons, but Randy Gregory is a monster, and I've been super, super impressed with him so far." Yep. Um, two uh, strip sacks, or no, two two forced fumbles leads the league right now. 
Jay Raider says, RK is in denial about this team from calling the offense in the first game beautiful to scoffing at Zach for saying coaching is at fault for the timeouts to continuous support of Hackett, who has been an absolute joke. Um, the offense was beautiful in the first game. I will stay on that all day long. It was really good. Yeah. It was so good. It was really good. Uh, and they just didn't finish. Uh, maybe it's having to watch CU play on Saturdays that makes him think this team hasn't yet been a joke. But open your eyes, RK. P.S. wanted to congratulate Hank on how much he's grown as a podcaster. Well, thanks. Go, I love Hank. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said the same thing as RK last night. Next one from Haller Bros. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's funny. Haller Bros. Surf says maybe. Wait, was that you? Was that your comment then, Hank? Maybe you just trashed no, RK no, and then you complimented <laughs> I yourself. Never. I like that. Hello, bro. Surf says maybe it's because I've just watched the box score on my phone live, but I was pretty pleased with the first half from the Broncos. <laughs> it's definitely that. I love that. Wasn't great, but it was better than the score the stats would indicate. But my God, we as fans, not you, DNVR folk, just suck. You do not boo your team, especially in tied game in the second. What in the world, people? Get over yourselves. There's seventy thousand people that disagree. Yeah, I mean, it's like um, a hive mind mentality when other people start booing, you just start booing too without thinking about it. Uh, but I really do think that booing your team in a close game can only hurt them. Yes. Helped them yesterday. No, Did it didn't. They got the win. How, what, no, no that doesn't, that's enough. Oh, so we're crediting the, the, fans the fans booing the for win. them winning? Maybe we're crediting the fans with counting the play clock down. We, yes, that was a great thing. I lost our That wasn't. It. <laughs> <laughs> Just me now. <laughs> it was a bad thing. <laughs> no, counting down the play clock was genius. You want to see the update on the poll? Yeah. Oh, we already posted the poll? No, see what I the put live... one on YouTube. Oh. See what the live poll All is. All right, we have 32 votes. 38% says funny. 31% says embarrassing. And 31% says keep it going. You guys are too nice. Hell on yeah, Twitter, baby. It is going Let's to be Let's go. Let's go. Uh, we had so much nuance for them. Reasonable people. Twitter's just like, ah, first thought. Ah. Well, yeah, no, only 32 sample size. It's going to be different. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I My tweet about how great it was got like 500 likes. Wow. So there's support out there for it. Wow. Uh, Corey Jones, 1976 says, Hey guys, my wife and I attended the tailgate for the first time. It was amazing. We met RK at the bar and Henry at the tailgate. I mentioned to Henry that he's the voice of reason on the pod. So true. I do want to give my perspective on the sky is falling win. It was sloppy. It left a lot to be desired too. The injuries don't help as the team goes such a drastic adjustment. But with all that said, I still believe we have a better season than the team did in 1995. That was Shanahan's first year as a head coach. He and a very young coaching staff coached 12-year veteran quarterback by the name of John Elway. Around Elway was a rather younger team. They ended the year with an 8-8 eight and eight record. Like that team, I feel this team is a season away, season or two away from finding its identity. In many ways, this team is further ahead of the 95 team. But if Hackett wants to be a coach mentioned in the same breath as Shanahan, he'll need to learn how to make adjustments. Mostly, if he wants to be a long-tenured coach, he must avoid uh fielding a team that is prone to self-inflicted wounds anyways the good news is that's all easily corrected and i have confidence that he and the team can do this there we go i like the positivity there and the chad kind of on the other side says a bit of a rough start for the russell wilson nathaniel hackett era wilson has not looked sharp as i was expecting for two first round picks two second round picks a few players and other picks and 245 million dollars what would this season look like for you to say at the end of the end end of it that seattle won the trade for me, the team is feeling like the exact same as last year and the many years before just haven't seen a palpable improvement. If we don't see that improvement, was the trade really worth it? Uh, it was worth it. Always. But um, <laughs> no, but you're going to you're gonna have to tell to, me what, what Seattle did this year and who the person they got with that first-round pick, uh, how they did this year. Without looking at that, though. 
What would you have to say to be open to the possibility that maybe Seattle won the trade? A uh, losing record. Okay. To but, be open to the possibility, yeah. But I'm open to the possibility for right now. Then if next year they go and have a great season, then it's, sure. all, it's out the window. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, that That's fair. That's fair. Uh, next one coming in from Mel Burrow says, what's up, everybody? Unfortunately, I think we had too high of expectations for the team coming into the season. It sucks because we were all so hyped, but I think we need to lower expectations. I'm not trying to get too frustrated until week five or six. Just sucks considering our division and history, but we aren't riding yet. I hope we get there, but trying not to panic. Yeah, I mean, there's teams all over the country that are feeling this way right now. The Raiders are 0-2, and they blew a 20-0 to lead. Ooh, and oh. as uh, Vic in the comment section saying, on a positive note, McDaniels is wrecking the Raiders. Yeah, so, you know, you can go around the league right now and point to teams who aren't feeling great. Um, and you could probably do it every season forever about teams who don't feel great after two weeks. The, the, the Bengals are 0-2, mm-hmm. and they lost to two bad teams. So, you know, it's not – all I'm saying is it's not time to panic. Um, there's time to correct this and you're not even in a hole and this team won't look anything like it does now in December you whether hope, they have a chance not. like it's just so tough to believe like something will change you hope that they look better in terms of the guys that are playing um, just because of all the injuries they're dealing with right now like Jerry's yes. out there Pat's out there Justin's out there you know etc Bronco Tiz. They had those guys in week one, though. They had all three of those guys you just mentioned in week one. Yes, and... And I thought they looked good. I did, too. Javante <laughs> and Melvin lost the game for them. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But those things are just going to happen. Yep, and that's happened... One, that's the first time it's happened since 1987. No, but not... No, we're, we're going to... Okay, also against a bad team, though. We're going to see costly fumbles. We saw it multiple times last yep. year. Uh, and so you can't just be looking because I'm sure Seattle had something that went wrong in that game too. I mean, these things are going to balance themselves out. Yeah. What I'm saying is we can't just be like, ah, everything's going to be fine. No, you are, there, there are things to correct big time. Yeah. Um, they're not going to fix themselves. Yeah. And the biggest thing is penalties for me. Um, this is the one that is on the coaching staff. It's the hardest thing because it's on the coaching staff to coach it out of them. But they can't stop the players from just doing stupid things while they're on the field. Yep. Uh, and so that's like, like how many – you can tell Cam Fleming all day, don't flinch on the hard count. If he does it, that's the coach's fault? I don't know. Um, probably last one we'll get to here. Got to get this out there. We have truly lost Broncos country. This is from Broncos t- Bronco Tiz. Who starts a damn countdown chant when we're, going to, we're trying to go up two scores? I think they helped him. Uh, those individuals should be ashamed of themselves. This 100% has a negative impact and is no way useful. WWPD, what would Peyton do? Our offense needs to concentrate on the play and not some dumb chant when they're at the line. Trust me, Russ uh, understands the play clock. <laughs> I don't know about that either. Uh, I doubt those fans understand what it takes to get a playoff. And with learning a new system, we have miscues, especially without any preseason action to clean up. This team will clean up and win plenty. Those countdown idiots better not enjoy as the wins are meant for truly faithful fans. I I can't get behind this take at all. The team needed help. They couldn't get the plays off before the play clock ended. And after they started counting down, they no longer had any more delay of game penalties. That all those people counting down did the fan did the team a great service. Yeah, they they helped them in in a very embarrassing fashion. Not um it was embarrassing, but it also potentially helped them. Uh, and uh, I expect, I wouldn't even be surprised, is at the start 
of the game, we hear that play clock countdown from the fans when it starts at 10. Uh, And... uh, Bronco Tiz, unfortunately, you're going to not like a lot of people because of it. So I plan to be in the stands. Now, I won't start it. I won't start it. I don't think you're going to have to. Right? But if it's going, I'm I'm in. <laughs> so in. Okay, the rules are you start at 10 and you count down. <laughs> Sounds good. Yep. Yep. We I, have uh, uh, 50 people have voted, and now Funny has taken 41%, yeah. Embarrassing 31%, and Keep It Going 27%. <laughs> Wait, Keep It Going? Why is that an option? Like, keep doing it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so again, I won't start it. I'll, uh, I'll let the game come to me. <laughs> You're not going to have to I wait. I will join in. That is, <laughs> that is such good fanning. Uh, and we definitely cannot call them bad fans for doing that. That's, uh, I, that crosses the line uh, for me. Yeah, yeah. That, that crosses the line. If the you, booing, though, it gets you in that conversation. Booing is so much better than booing. I don't mind either. Fair enough. Uh, I guess we could do this one. Mrs. Quill, Alberto seemed to vanish after that drop. Do we think Dr- Russ just doesn't trust him yet? Any idea how his blocking has been? I've not seen anything awful jump out, but just feel like we need to see him as a receiving threat, especially with Judy out. He clearly wasn't a part of the game plan, um, and it it's unfortunate because he they needed him to be uh, when Jerry went out, and he was uh, rarely even on the field. Yeah, um, uh, and, and the passing game in general was really bad. And he goes to Salbert. Also... More vertical throws. It's Russ's best quality. Um, he's putting them in good spots, and they're either making plays on the ball or drawing pass interferences. Yep. I mean, even Andrew Beck is out there drawing pass interferences or making plays on the ball. like Or racking up special teams penalties. Give me, like, verts once every two series. There we go. I'm all for it. <laughs> so, Alberto is out there 38 to 72 snaps. Um 28% of the time he was on the field, they ran the ball compared with 43% for the course of the game. So it is kind of interesting. It's a little more balanced than one last target, week. zero receptions. Oh, yeah. He had a terrible game. He had Unreal. a terrible game. Mm-hmm. One horrible misblown block, too. Yep. Terrible game. All right. Well, uh, our producer is an Eagles fan and they kick off in three minutes. So I'm <laughs> not going to make her stay here any longer. Uh, but I go Rick. do appreciate everyone for tuning in. We've already run long anyway. Uh, so appreciate you guys for tuning in and we will be back tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Go vote in that poll. Take you back one last time